0: everyone thanks for joining us this is sipping tea with Nat and Z I'm Nat and I'm Z
1: what's up good morning good morning good morning good morning yes um let's see this weekend or this week I've been mm-hmm. planning and I'm uh, getting my doomsday <laughs> preparations <laughs> together cuz <'cause laughs> <laughs> the world is on fire. Yeah, um and I probably won't survive in a, a zombie apocalypse anyway, but at least I can uh-huh. try. Yeah. So I am getting, you know, uh, a package together. I was having this conversation with a friend of ours and I was like, "You know what? For for all the things, the benefits that I've received from living in this area and in, in the DMV. Uh-huh. The one big con the biggest con of living here is that if there ever was a nuclear war we'd be toast because this is one of the cities that yes. would go up in flames
0: yes that is correct
1: unfortunately so, yes living in middle america probably is the the way safe. to go
0: <laughs> safe it's pretty safe out there yeah cuz that exactly that's exactly how that transpired unfortunately in mm-hmm. 9/11 so. yeah
1: it's dc new york in California, they will take that yeah. whole West Coast out pretty so. much. My
0: parents are like, So, where are you? And I'm like, Does it matter? Right. But you know, at that time, my office was right down the street from the White House. So, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, I, I get it, but yes. now
1: because a lot of us from... live through that already, yeah. yeah so, exactly. but,
0: um. So exactly. let's just
1: just go right into it because we we have quite a bit to cover today. Um, the tea of the day. <laughs> Wait till y'all hear this tea of the day. Um, we not we are experts on what we are about to drop. Talk <laughs> about. about. With the tea that's on the table today, we are definitely experts of. Okay, yeah, and we and and what we're about to tell you, you absolutely need to talk to your doctor because the tea on the table today will absolutely affect any medication that you are taking.
0: Indubitably, absolutely. indubitably,
1: <laughs> it will impair your shit. Let's <laughs> show. Best so Best show. Go ahead and tell them that. All right, all right.
0: So, you know, we all love tea here. And, of course, we do know and we strive to make sure the tea that you consume makes us feel better. It can warm your heart, soothe the soul. But, you know, sometimes tea ain't enough. No. (laughs) Because with Z talking about doomsday prepping, right, all the stuff that we done been through already and it's about to be March. (laughs) You know, it's just... (laughs) <laughs> what did you say last week? We'd take us out the group chat? Yeah. You don't want to be in the group chat for certain things anymore. So sometimes you just need something with a little kick. So here comes the Empress Gin. We bring you Empress 75. It's a cocktail made for celebrating whatever it is. If it's Tuesday, you can celebrate because the way things are going in Doomsday, we might just need to celebrate Tuesday. <laughs> 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 Just saying, the Empress Seventy Five is sparkling, effervescent, and deliciously sippable. This sounds like an outside patio beverage.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think of, think of it as as a graduated mimosa. I like that, and I do have some prosecco downstairs, yes, in my fridge on tap. Pairs well with fresh salads, bright lemon, watermelon, a sophisticated backyard cookout dishes. So I foresee this happening on our patio.
1: Yes, it's, it's delicious. If you have ever had a French 75, it's pretty Ooh. much just a French 75. But if you know Empress Gin, it's purple. So right. it just gives it a little that more of a girly zhuzh. 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 Yes,
0: yes. Zhuzh. Okay, yes. so I will be adding it to the repertoire for yes. our outing on the lanai. Yes. Yes, so it's one and a half ounce Empress 1908 Skiwi
1: Gin, (laughs) three-quarter
0: fresh lemon juice, half-ounce simple syrup, sparkling wine with a lemon twist. So you're going to shake the ice, shake on ice, strain it into a chilled flute. So you can make it fancy, y'all. Go ahead and make it fancy. Top it with sparkling wine and garnish with a lemon twist. Yes. I will be adding this in addition to the lemonade whiskey in which I was um, introduced to this weekend. So uh, we will be adding that to the menu for the summertime.
1: Yes. And I'm going to tell you, without a doubt, use fresh lemon juice. Do not use the bottled lemon juice. The fresh lemon juice, to me, is what makes the flavor the flavor. If you use just the regular lemon juice, it's going to be a little too tart. Because um, oh. lemon is already tart, but I don't know lemon right. juice in the bottle tends to be a little tartar in my opinion mm-hmm. because they have to do stuff concentrate reserve. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna tell you to just use get you a lemon squeezer and just. Get you some real lemon juice, okay? Because that's what's going to give it the, it's going to give it what it's supposed to give. Mm. I, I, um, I, I drank this disappoint. last night. Yes, it won't. I drank this last night, a little bit of it, because I'm mm. really watching. I have to watch my sugar intake. And you know, alcohol does have sugar. So does, I know y'all, y'all don't like to think that, but it does. Um,
0: just go with straight.
1: Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> <Everything>. I've had. <laughs> I've had to watch what I drink and I'm actually doing research now on if you are having issues with like insulin resistance and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. If you want to drink, what are the things to drink outside? It's like if you Mm -hmm. want an alcoholic beverage, um, what are the things that lookers to go to and which ones are the ones to stay away from? Um, mm-hmm. I know Bethany Frankel, she has a line, the, yeah. one of the real OGs of the Real Housewives franchise. <laughs> yes. And yes, it's yes. like skinny girl. Skinny
0: girl. Yeah. Cocktails. She has a yeah. whole line of different skinny girl cocktails.
1: Yeah. So, I mean. Some of them I... are
0: quite tasty.
1: They are. Some of them mm-hmm. are. So, that might be. She even has, I think, skinny girl wine as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you you know, if you're someone like snacks,
0: you... she just recently branched oh, out into okay. like food. Things. A bitch
1: got fancy,
0: yes, she did. Mm-hmm. I ain't well, mad at her. I ain't mad at that her, her show got canceled as she ended, and she expanded, right? I liked her show, I thought it was entertaining.
1: I never really watched her show, but you know, I was like, oh, products. Oh, no, she does because she has popcorn too, she has skinny girl yeah. popcorn because I've mm-hmm. had that before. So, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, so, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drink it. It's good. We're going to get um,
0: together a whole Skinny Girl menu so you can drink and feel good
1: about yourself. You know what? We were talking about that. I think mm-hmm. soon we're going to try to find a nutritionist that is yeah. be- that is specifically geared to African-American mm-hmm. women and women of color mm-hmm. to kind of help us figure out what we can Eat and what we sh- what we should and should not eat. Right, um, I think We're that's important. To... Yeah, I think that's important. We're gonna if yeah. you if anybody listening, if you know a nutritionist um, who deals, uh, ex- ex- well, I won't say exclusively, but may you know specifically assist African American women and mm-hmm. women of color with their um, diet. Yeah, and health considering
0: choices, our historical or cultural diet.
1: Yeah, please let us know
0: leanings. That would be good.
1: Yeah, so let's get into some hot tea. I don't have a lot. Um, <laughs> Kanye is pretty much all because of this Ukraine situation that I am going to talk about briefly, mm-hmm. but Kanye is just Kanye still. Um, and uh, the, the hot topic top the hot topic, the hot tea, tea theme right. here is you, there could be one, but there also could be another, or mm-hmm. you can feel one way about. Something, but also feel another way about that same thing. Um, and what I mean by that is I have so far two of the episodes, I guess of the documentary that Kanye has has mm-hmm. have dropped. And, you know, i i I thoroughly enjoy pre crazy. no, don't say that. Let me mm-hmm. reset and recheck and check myself because not crazy. i've I have thoroughly enjoyed old Kanye Mm -hmm. there was a moment when he switched Mm -hmm. I don't like when he switched I like pre-Kanye so pre-old Kanye you know with graduation Mm -hmm. and late registration and college dropout and even 808 heartbreaks and my dark twisted fantasy I think up until Mm -hmm. my dark twisted fantasy that was the last time I really enjoyed Kanye okay fair enough um and this documentary really does show the like how he came to be and I do see myself empathizing with the young Kanye mm-hmm. um the graduation Kanye the the late registration Kanye, the college right. drop dropout Kanye I really do see myself empathizing a lot with him um, because I see where his struggles are and I see I have the sympathy for him because I know where it's, this is about to take him. Like his right. mother's death and how that had a Changed huge effect on him. An impact. His mother's relationship definitely helped him, but I think hurt him, right? In a mm-hmm. sense that um, she poured a lot of life and a lot of love into her son. Mm-hmm. She made sure that he always felt, you know, special and important. It's but I don't sure. think... When uh, yes, but I don't think that when it was necessary, she gave him that tough, that real tough love, right? Mm-hmm. When he was acting a little, uh, when he was getting a little off the rails, mm-hmm. I feel like there were tougher conversations that she could have with him, you know? Right. Because I I feel like there are a lot of parents out there who poured a lot of love into their children, who made them feel special, mm-hmm. who made them feel as though they are the best things in the world but never really set them up for what happens once they step out that door and right. chris rock in one of his comedy series talked about this a lot like he told his daughters yeah mom and dad we think you're important and special and you're the best thing ever and, you're, and our family members think that but once you step out into the world these people don't give a shit about you yes, they don't think just as special because they've been teaching their kids the same thing mm. and you know, I feel like this is one of the things that me and my, my husband had this conversation on. And, and there were some points where we didn't agree totally. Uh-huh. I, I feel like, yes, it is important to pour life and love and celebrate who your child is, but it has to be a balance. Agreed. Because some of these children grow up to be very self entitled and yes. don't handle disappointment very well.
0: At all, I think it goes at the participation. yeah the the participation
1: awards like Mm -hmm. you just got an award for showing up and i think that there's that's a dangerous thing yes and i see that happening a lot with Kanye. um so that's one thing and then the other thing is like if you ever i don't like using the term sociopath psychopath narcissist Mm -hmm. I don't like using those terms to describe people all the time because I'm not a clinical therapist. And a lot of times, not a lot, those things have to have a clinical diagnosis. Right. And I think us as a society just uses those terms because it's like the catchphrase. When somebody's acting some way, you just grab the first phrase you think is attached to that person. However. I will go out on a limb to say that Kanye probably has been clinically diagnosed as being a narcissist. Uh, And this man has terrorized his ex-wife, well, his wife, soon to be ex, and her new boyfriend on social media for the world to see. Mm. She filed something recently that asked the judge to please just grant her a divorce or please just, just at least say that she's single and they can work out all the other details of their divorce because it's causing his, his social media attacks on her are causing her emotional distress.
0: It's a ridiculous. It's very ridiculous.
1: And then I saw this man literally file a document that said, Oh, well, how does she know that I'm doing this with social media posts? She needs to take screenshots and proof that this is actually kanye posting this social media stuff now if you've been following this you saw kanye west with a sign that says i'm actually posting this my <laughs> account did not get hacked so for this man to then try to gaslight this woman uh. to, and try to make her believe that what she's seeing is not true is disgusting it's beyond it is disgusting. And if you're out there laughing at this shit and thinking that it's funny, it's not. It's terrorizing.
0: This is an issue that happens on multiple levels.
1: Multiple levels. On To multiple, multiple people. Multiple levels. people see this
0: and think it's okay and continue to perpetuate it. Yes. Terror- actually- Thereby terrorizing uh, her and her children.
1: Yes. This actually is making my blood boil right now. Because I think about this past week. And the things that black women on social media, living in the social media platform, have had to endure. Mm. Thinking about Megan The Stallion. Now, I, nobody really knows what happened that night that mm-hmm. Megan got injured. Nobody. Right. The people in that car. It was her bodyguard, Tory Lanes, her best friend, who's no longer her best friend, and mm-hmm. Megan The Stallion. The facts are that we know she was shot. Correct. In her foot. How that transpired, that is something that nobody knows. Correct. They have, um, what do you call it? Uh, they had a, 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 the, a shell of fragments, bullet fragments right. from her foot. <laughs> we mm-hmm. know this. That's what was in the, the medical reports, right? Right. However, we don't know what transpired. She feels that Tory Lane shot her. Her best friend didn't shoot her and her bodyguard didn't shoot her. So logically, her next thought is it had to be him. She knew he had a gun on him. It has been determined that it was his gun. So just logic, from a logical standpoint, Mm -hmm. it is okay for her to believe that he shot her. The fact that this man has then gone to, to social media to try to make her feel like her belief is wrong, that she got hurt, but it ain't my fault. That, oh, it's really because she's just mad because I was fucking her and her friend. Excuse my language. And that's what this is all about. The gaslighting of black women when they're going through trauma. Mm, Yes. And I know how I led this off. I'm not calling Kim K black, although she wants to be black. (laughs) What I'm saying is that just shows me like the level of toxicity that exists in the social media world. And specifically with women. Well, I'll say exclusive, like I'll say, when it comes to women, specifically when it comes to black women, mm-hmm. is, it, is, is it porn? It is just terrible. Yeah. And you cannot have trauma as a black woman and feel safe and no. feel like you have outlet and feel like there are people who really love yeah. you and support you and care. And even if you decide to take a mental break, a social media break, and don't look at what's going on. The conversations are still being had. And so mm-hmm. it's going to still affect you. In one way or the other. And I just say that. We may find these situations hilarious. Because we as black people. And this is going to lead me into the Ukraine thing. Mm-hmm. We as black people tend to. Try to find the humor in. Everything. The, 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 the chaos. But this is not funny. Agreed. The terrorizing of women. On social media is. Disgusting. When it's it disgusting. Because okay? these They're people have no freaking home training. It's disgusting. I'm I'm just appalled by it to the point where I've decided I'm going to take a social media break. So the hot tea is going <laughs> because... <laughs> to come from somewhere, and it ain't going to come. It won't be for me because I'm a little disconnected. Because, yeah, I'm a little
0: disconnected mm-hmm. from social media lately. It's just because of I, those said stressful things that. Yes, you're just like, what in the world? And sometimes, you know, you definitely need to do that. But You have to. Because it's, it's it's an assault on your psyche.
1: It really is. Um, I will say also that um, my air just kicked in. So sorry if you hear this. <laughs> 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 um, this goes into Ukraine. Everybody knows what's happening in Ukraine. If you haven't, you're living under a rock. And I'm not going to go too much into it because this has also been a very source of anxiety for me. But two things can be live in the same realm. And what Mm. I mean by that is you can feel empathy for the Ukrainian people and still hold them accountable for the way that they are treating African students who are in the region who are trying to get out and they're not allowing them to get out because Mm. they are black. And they're letting all of the Ukrainian people out first. And when they are in line to get to the border so that they can get to safety, they are forcing these students to the back of the line mm. because of the color of their skin. That's number one. You can have empathy for some of the Ukrainian people and still say that it is terrible at, and deplorable as how they're treating African students. Okay. Yes. That's number one. Number two. You can have empathy for what's going on in Ukraine and still understand and be wary and scared of how this is going to directly impact you. I, I read know. this blog where this and I it came from white privilege. This is how I just know. She was mm. saying, "Oh, why are you all making fun and having and making jokes about the war, talking about how black people are using this as A source of comfort for them Like Mm -hmm. jokes to comfort them through this And all all you guys care about Is yourself, what about the Ukrainian people Who are trying to escape, All you you guys are worrying about Gas prices, yeah damn right I'm worried About gas prices, because Here's the thing We live comfortably Right We live comfortably, we make Mm -hmm. good money But Four dollars For a gallon of gas Is still going to have a huge impact In our household right so think about the people who do not live as well as we do Mm. who have to decide am I going to pay four dollars for a gallon of gas so I can get to work so that I can have money to feed my family or am I going to stay home and use that money to pay my bills that is a real conversation a lot of people are going to have to start to have and we know if gas prices are going up everything's going up because how the hell you think this shit we need is going to get to this country on planes 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 cargo ships shit needs fuel to get to us
0: right inflation is already ridiculously up in the time frame in the short time frame yes
1: so you absolutely can feel empathy for the ukrainian people and still say this shit is going to have me all the way effed up and I wish mm-hmm. that people would stop trying to police the way that people deal and process with trauma and <sighs> world events. Black people have gone through so much that and all still we do. Ca- still do, and we use humor as a way to process our trauma. Exactly. It is something that we have to do. And yeah. yes, mm. we understand what's going over there, but. Our cities have been bombed, okay? Because if you lived in Philadelphia in the 80s, you know that a whole-ass mayor dropped a whole-ass bomb on a damn city block. Mm. And these the United States of America. That ain't something that they always teach you in history class. We're under attack by police every freaking day.
0: You can't go anywhere without being watched and knowingly. It's just turning into... The regression of, of the societal impact of where race is right now has regressed so much.
1: Yes, it has. Too. And I'm, oh, my blood is boiling. I'm gonna say this last thing, and we can go into a break and then start with the podcast topic, mm-hmm. which we didn't even talk about—just guilt and shame. I'm gonna say this. You know, we live in a world where there's a bill that has passed where you cannot don't say gay. You are not allowed mm. to have a conversation about what is happening in the LGBTQIA community. You can't talk about somebody's sexual orientation. It cannot be brought up. You have another state that has passed a bill that if you have a transgender child that has gone through any type of surgery, you, that, that the, they can call child protective services on your ass. And you could get arrested for this shit. Wow. Do you understand you? And and I'm telling you, go and look at the nine stages of genocide. Okay. Mm. For the LGBTQI community, they are on step number seven. Mm. Step number nine is complete annihilation. They are on step number seven, and so you may not think that that means anything to you. But who do you think mm. they're coming after next? Well, because it's coming. We got red line district thing happen all over.
0: All over. All over.
1: over. This next election gonna be a breeze. It's not, boo. Let me tell you. Hell
0: to the no. But that's gonna be a whole cluster, you know what.
1: But that's it. I'm off my rant. So we're gonna take a break.
0: (laughs) And then we'll be right back with our topic and tea time segment. And we are back. So, as we mentioned, you know, this episode has been, um, is going to be about guilt and shame. In the last couple episodes, we've talked about accountability and the importance of taking ownership and responsibility. When our actions don't just affect ourselves, but others around us. You know, and how pervasive those actions can be. But... You know, that accountability, guilt, and shame are often intertwined. And we kind of touched upon that in the past few episodes and trying to discern what's different, how do they, how are they connected, and then how do they manifest in our everyday lives.
1: Right. Um, you know, we did say that this is a podcast, you know, talking about guilt and shame. Sometimes we look at those things as the same. And you're going to find out that guilt and shame are not the same. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're like shame is like the evil cousin of <laughs> of guilt okay it's
0: lurking in the background
1: yes shame and guilt are very are quite different emotions guilt feelings arise when we feel we did something bad shame mm-hmm. is believing we are bad so you usually say i am bad i'm no good i'm unlovable when you're starting to feel those feelings of shame and mm-hmm. then when we hold deep shame we are at risk for a lot of psychological conditions, depression, addiction, mm-hmm. violence, etc. right? Mm-hmm. So betterhelp.com gave us an example um, to kind of give you a better understanding of this shame versus guilt dynamic. So imagine you become distracted while driving. You don't notice the light turning yellow, so you run a red light and you mm-hmm. almost hit someone. If you feel guilt, you might say, oh man, oh man, I really messed up. I really messed that up. I should be more careful. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I should work on not getting distracted. That's the guilt. Shame is actually going to be the thing that's more toxic and harmful to your self-esteem. So shame is gonna sound like, oh man, I'm an awful driver. I'm a horrible person. I should not be allowed to drive. Mm -hmm. I should not even be allowed to go to work. That's the shame. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna dive a little deeper into these because these are very difficult human emotions. So, when we're looking at guilt, guilt is like we said, a feeling you get when you did something wrong or you perceived you did something wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you're talking about a guilt prone person, someone who's just prone to guilt, we all know these people. When you hold somebody who's guilt prone accountable, you're gonna likely, um, you know, they're gonna likely feel more of a sense. A responsibility for what they did. They're going to have some empathy toward the one that they've impacted or hurt. And if anger arises, they manage it in a way that does not lead to avoiding the responsibility. And I think that that's mm-hmm. important. That's key. That's very key, right? Because I think the shame, yeah, shame, there's a lot of avoidance in shame, mm-hmm. right? But with guilt, you feel guilty, but you don't avoid taking responsibility for the action. Mm-hmm. So the guilt prone person is To lean into repairing the hurt and then restoring the connection once they've restoring the connection of the one that they slighted, right? Mm -hmm. It can occur, guilt comes sometimes without even people knowing that you did something, right? So, like in the example that we just gave from betterhelp.com, you were driving a car, you almost Mm -hmm. hit someone. The only person that knows that you almost hit someone, let's say, is you. Maybe the person you almost hit didn't even know that they almost got hit, right? Right. Oh, guilt, you could feel guilty for that. And no one know what the action was. Right. So there's going to be no fallout other than making you feel that you need to treat the other person better going forward. Mm-hmm. And you may try to remedy the wrong. So in that car situation, OK, I'll be more careful. I'll be more attentive. I'm going to pay attention. I'm going to drive a little slower. Right. Those are going to be immediate responses to feeling guilty to correct the behavior. So guilt is generally associated with actions and possessions. We feel guilt when we have harmed someone or when we're not proud of our actions. We recognize that our actions can make others feel physically and emotionally bad. And in our compassion, we feel guilt and want to make it right. As we mature, we might also feel guilt because we have something that others don't have. So as long as your emotions are not extreme, this is a healthy side of of guilt. It can prompt you to correct imbalances. So in a situation where... You may there are some people who may say, I'm I feel guilty for worrying about the price of gas when these people are in are helpless and defenseless in Ukraine. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. And that's definitely a way to um, I think a great way to, to discern which is which. And then when you figure out what that guilt is, how do you work through it? You have to distinguish between the action of it and and yourself and make a clear distinction about what you did versus who you are and i think the 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 um example that z gave earlier clearly delineates what you did versus who you are as a person and not putting that on yourself right. and then if you do once you figure that out you know we talk about accepting responsibility for what was done how do you make amends if you need to rectify and reconcile your actions with somebody and then look at look at the ways that you can address it? Can you take a problem-solving approach to it? Can you figure out there's different ways, different choices, or better choices that I should have made? Um, And then what do you do if it's something you can't accept? You know, then sit back and look at it and say this is an opportunity. Could this be an opportunity to lead for greater change Um, and makes me become a better person and be more mindful of how I'm handling the choices that I'm making? And then once you figure that out and you've worked through that guilt, then you can step aside and look at what is shame in relation to the guilt that you may be feeling. And you're looking at it as shame is feeling when your whole self is wrong and it may not be um, connected to a specific act or event. This is like an overarching, shameful, continuous feeling that is not necessarily prescribed to one thing. One event may have triggered it, but it still is remaining. And it can be attached to addiction, because a lot of individuals that are addicted feel shame about going back and getting the product or whatever, whatever your addiction is. It could be addicted to shoes, it could be addicted to food, or what have you, it just doesn't have to be substances. But there's a different way that you feel shame about keep going back and keep going back. That's keep that's maintaining your addiction. And this was a good one that you mentioned earlier as far as it being the toxic cousin of guilt. Um, I think that was a really good relation because you you look at how do you hold people accountable? Are there shame-prone individuals that react to defensiveness? And they, you know, those people that defo- avoid taking responsibility, they just just real defensive. They don't mm-hmm. even stop to think, well, maybe I really had something to do with it or maybe I should look at this opportunity and change it or make amends. But they just, you know, pop off and Mm -hmm. deflect, you know, those folks, (laughs) we all know those, Mm -hmm. and then according to Brenna Brown, you know, shame can be described as intensely painful experience, feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore Mm -hmm. unworthy of love and belonging, so it's very it goes much deeper and something we've experienced done or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection which is why this can lead to depression and just an overarching feeling of i'm not the best person and you know do i i, I even though you may try to take accountability for something you may still feel bad about it because the shame is still there even though you may have in your mind thought to make amends
1: mm-hmm. and then
0: you know the shame- prone person reacts with avoidance which we just talked about irritability they pop off you know the people just angry for no reason sometimes <laughs> and they just be mad and you just well what the hell happened to you you know or you know sometimes it may be that inherently they just feel bad about themselves right but the entire time so it comes out they project whatever they're feeling on other people and it has nothing to do with you. Right. But it, it shows up as, you know, blaming other folks for everything else and not taking accountability for what you have going on because you have shame that is the underlying, I guess, emotion that you have. Nice. And that's kind of how sometimes I think everything gets intertwined
1: mm-hmm.
0: because one pr- promotes the actions of another or sustains the actions of another. Because if you're yes. feeling shame and you haven't addressed it or taken accountability for what may have led to the shame, you can just keep being an asshole and pro- and and pro- um, projecting on people. Facts. <laughs> just because cause you haven't dealt with your shit.
1: Facts. And I will say this, you know, one of the things that you and I discussed previously to this is, or well, prior to this is like, I know we're, this is a heavy, heavy, these two feelings are very heavy, right? They're mm-hmm. heavy emotions. Because I think shame, like, talked about briefly it can be rooted in like addiction and Mm -hmm. like uh, depression and anxiety the reason why I think you and I have a greater understanding of shame and guilt maybe more so than a lot of people is because I think of therapy and sometimes people aren't going to figure out these emotions without going to therapy and 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 caveat going to therapy and doing the work it's one thing to go to therapy but you also have to do the work a lot of a lot of times we go to therapy because of some some shame that we're carrying that we mm-hmm. don't even know. And right. and and shame isn't always a, shame is a dirty word, but it isn't always rooted in like the most deplorable situation. Right. A lot of times people feel shame for things that they don't even have responsibility for. Some you some could be on them, right? You could be a a rape victim and feel shame mm-hmm. because you feel somehow it was your fault. Yep. Abuse, whether it's it's physical abuse, emotional abuse, mental abuse, child abuse, sexual abuse. A Mm -hmm. lot of times we you know victims of those types of, of situations carry a significant amount of shame with them and they don't understand those emotions. And they can't work through them because they haven't gone through therapy. So I just wanted to put that out there. It's important
0: though, to understand that because, and that goes back to understanding the importance of therapy to, um, to even acknowledge that that's a place where you can talk about these things. Right. Because a lot of times your people hold these for the, for their entire lives and they feel, and and it puts your life on a trajectory of what you do because you think you've done something um, wrong and you're holding it over your head and it, it, it dictates your actions. It see it figure out. It, it determines how you interact with people. Um, it's just it can really manifest into different ways of how you see yourself. You think you're stupid. You think you're bad. You, it's like for some folks, it may serve as a self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. once they someone has put shame on them, and mm-hmm. they just end up fulfilling what they think that person thinks of them yep. or what they intend in turn feel because they don't think they're worthy all because of shame and and how the accountability was forced on them, which was not their issue at all to handle. And I think that happens a lot more than not. Mm -hmm. And then that also goes to like, you know, the whole term hurt people hurt people. Oh, yeah. Type of thing because you haven't taken accountability for something that maybe you don't even need or you have taken accountability for something that's not your business to take accountability for. Because people have directed you to do that because they've put that on you, causing mm-hmm. you to have shame and sustain that mindset that, you know, I'm not good enough for this, I'm not worthy, I'm not this, that, and the other. So I'm just going to fulfill that, I guess, portrayal of what people think I am anyway. Right. And you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's unfortunate that it can just be, it's a, it's a cycle,
1: mm-hmm. a vicious
0: cycle. And then how do you get out of that? Right. You know, but I think, you know, and that's why I think, Z and I always talk about therapy, because some of that stuff can be unearthed. Because yeah. trust me, you and your friends, your girlfriends, y'all can talk about certain things, but when it comes to certain parts, you you just sitting there like I don't I don't know what to tell you at that point. Right. You need that professional insight. Yeah. To kind of work through that.
1: And there are some tools that you can use if you if you have identified that this is shame, that the feeling that you're feeling is shame. There are some tools that can help you until you can maybe get to a situation where you can find the therapy that you're you need to look mm-hmm. for, um, or you're ready to do the work right. to process those feelings. Um, and and I feel like it's important to to focus on shame because. It is the one thing that's more troubling than guilt. Like yeah. it will it eat you alive. A lot of people think, oh, they're so guilty. That's why they're drinking so heavily or they just have a lot of guilt. That's why they're they're They started to turn to drugs. No, that's shame talking. The right. shame is what is forcing these negative actions to, to occur. Right. Mm-hmm. So the first step is you have to gain awareness of what shame is what it looks like, and what triggers your own feelings of shame. Because a lot of us are still bringing um, shame to the... A lot of us are still triggered by some shameful things in our past, right? Correct. Correct. Um, And so you have to understand what triggers you and how to work through those triggers. You have to practice self-compassion. By reminding yourself that someone out there is going through the exact same thing you are in the moment Mm -hmm. and then maybe do something to feel a sense of connection to someone or something else. I'm a big believer of energy. I believe because last week, everybody Mm -hmm. I talked to last week by Thursday, everybody was saying the same thing. I'm like exhausted. It's been too much. This week has been so heavy. And a lot of people couldn't pinpoint what it was. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because I think collectively the universe, the world, we all had this nervous, anxious energy mm-hmm. that we were putting out. And that nervous, anxious energy It was a full moon last week too. Yeah, well, and there you go. Mm-hmm. It shifted the energy of the entire population. Mm-hmm. So all of us were feeling energy. And some of us were feeling energy that we didn't even have ourselves. But I'm like, oh, this week is off. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel that way. So and it was
0: can... two, 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 two.
1: Exactly. Oh, there it was you go. A
0: paradigm shift.
1: Exactly. So you feel. I say that to say that you can put the positive out there, or mm-hmm. you can feel like somebody else is going through the same thing, and, and use that energy connection to help you work through whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. going through. It's not just woo-woo, juju, junk science. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people look at it like that. I'm That's a firm case believer case in all. that, right um, w- You have to talk
0: w- yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, I just thought of something w-
1: that. You have to speak life into yourself And love into mm-hmm. yourself You mm-hmm. have to, if you're being body shamed if, if you, you know I saw somebody Post something on Facebook saying Like a lot of y'all Posting on 20 years ago pictures Definitely don't look like y'all do now And I'm like, why are you shaming people? people have- life has happened Right and somebody who, who may have done that, it may be feeling really triggered, and it's like, wow, now they're looking at themselves like they're not worthy. Mm-hmm. They don't feel good about themselves anymore because you're right. I don't look like I did 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and I'm heavy as self, and now nobody's gonna love me because I'm, and I don't want to go to these spaces because if I'm around these people that knew me 20 years ago, they're gonna talk about me and talk about how bad I am, mm-hmm. and I am, bad and I ugh. projecting. Yeah, you have fear. to put put push love into yourself speak life mm-hmm. into yourself and say I don't give a shit what these people think yeah I'm, I may be and say I don't give a shit what these people think yeah I'm, I may be 50 pounds heavier but I'm still a bad bitch you still couldn't pull me so ah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I think it's a double-edged sword in this regard, like where social media can be helpful in some regards, because there are sites that definitely um, pour into you that have those positive affirmations that help you confirm your joy or your, where you are and your worth. Um, and then you can also see people do inspirational things that can be poured into you as well. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's a double-edged sword. Because I know when I post stuff, I mainly post inspirational stuff. And then if I stay on too long, I'll start seeing stuff that's not all that mm-hmm. inspirational. You know, so you really have to be very careful with what, you, what you're what you looking at. Because in, in the same breath that we can, you see these things that you focus on, that you're the bad chick or whatever it is that can pour into you and speak life into you and help you work through the shame you may be feeling Steer away from the other shit as -hmm. best as you can, because there are things and tools out there that can help you pour into yourself and absolutely and goodness. But once you see, don't don't go down that rabbit hole.
1: Do it, and one of the ways you can do that is follow an anti-shaming roadmap. Mm -hmm. Name it and tame it. Are we experiencing guilt or shame? What is the feeling that you're feeling right now? Are you feel, feeling guilt or shame? And in the case of body shaming, right? Maybe mm-hmm. at that particular moment in time, you posted a photo and someone was like, damn. Like that was their comment. Damn. Like, mm. but in a bad way. Like, woo. Right. Like, ooh, Damn. And you just ate two scoops of, uh, I don't know, Rocky Road or. With the old, uh, with the the old, uh, the aunties eat butter pecan. Ice. <laughs> do they even make butter pecan ice cream? Yeah, girl, the no, they do. Mm, <laughs> they mom eat
0: that butter to, pecan, butter pecan to have as a side with their butter pecan pie.
1: Let me tell you, my mom used to crush some butter. Like butter pecan was the only ice cream that was ever in the house. And butter pecan is—I don't know why people have anything against it, but it is delicious. It really, is delicious. I've never had it. It's delicious. But I'm I'm off topic. But let's just say <laughs> two scoops of butter pecan ice cream. And somebody said that. You might feel guilt because you might be like, damn, I just ate two scoops of butter pecan ice cream that I shouldn't have had because I said I wasn't going to do this anymore. That's mm. guilt. Shame is, oh my God. I am look at me. I do look terrible. I this is probably why I'm not in a relationship right now oh, I'm terrible, I'm disgusting, look at me, I'm just, I'm just, I don't even deserve to be here. That's shame. Mm-hmm. So you got to name it and tame it. Right. Right? Acknowledge and accept the shame, and then try your best to step back into guilt. Like, okay, no, 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 we're not doing that. I, no. I, we're not doing that. Yes, I feel guilty for eating the ice cream, but you know what? I won't, next time I only have one scoop. Right. And then the time I said, oh, right, I'm a horrible person. I'm a person. And then the next time i have a half scoop, I just work. I tried to just go too hard, too fast. And that's why I had these two scoops. Mm. Like, let's figure out how to get back to guilt because guilt is easier to deal with. Mm. Shame is going to have you feeling extremely terrible about yourself and then cause all different kinds of traumatic responses that you don't want to have. True. So, how do we
0: look, how do we address these? What are the tools and additional resources that we can help utilize to work through these things? So are you prone to shame and guilt? There's a questionnaire on the American Psychological Association and we'll post the link for you. But some of the questions asked in the questionnaire have been, you give a bad presentation at work. Afterwards, your boss tells your, your coworkers it was your fault that your company lost the contract. Good Lord, what is the likelihood that you would feel incompetent? That's a question
1: and it goes from not likely to extremely likely Mm -hmm. and that's how they score it
0: Right and then the last one another one is you secretly commit a felony What is the likelihood that you would feel remorse about breaking the law?
1: None None (laughs) None. (laughs) Zero (laughs) And what? I got away with the crime bitch what? No, I'm still breaking the law. Breaking
0: the law. What do say that song? <laughs> um, Bill and one of those guys, Beavis and Butthead, they used to sing that song.
1: Breaking the law. If I got away with it, that's because Jesus who allowed it to be. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus allowed. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
0: goodness! And you know, you guys, I mentioned Brenda Brown earlier. Um, she's has a uh, a talk that's we need to talk about shame. Um, it's a clip on on a TED Talk. We'll post that as well. Um, for you to look at. And then there's a book, You Are Your Best Thing, Vulnerability, Shame, Resilience, and the Black Experience. Tarana Burke, edited by Brenna Brown, are some resources that we can offer you as you guys are sorting through this and discerning guilt versus shame and giving yourself a break right? and understanding the difference.
1: And we didn't want to go too heavily into this because again, these are some emotions that people aren't really they're familiar with, but they don't understand the depth Mm -hmm. of what the differences are for guilt and shame. And I didn't think that I didn't want, and we talked about this to be a triggering episode Mm -hmm. because a lot of things we're talking about could trigger somebody like, well, that's how I feel. And I don't want to like make anybody feel bad or, or get start going down a rabbit hole, Mm -hmm. but we did want to at least give you surface level information so that if you are someone currently dealing with shame that you understand that you're not alone and that right. there are tools and resources out there for you to use to help you work through these things because we don't want another generation because I think this newest generation the whatever they are generation Z generation mm-hmm. Apocalypse I don't know what we <laughs> call in these books <laughs> <laughs> no, know what we calling these folks but whatever this generation is, they seem to have the key to unlocking a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. But we have to do a better job of helping them and helping you navigate through some of that because okay. everybody's experiences are different, but a lot of us are dealing with some of the same things mm-hmm.
0: across the board. Agreed.
1: Yes. yes. So, all right. So, we're going to take a quick break and come back with our last uh, sip of the day. And we are back. This is the last sip of tea with your Um, So I'm going to give you two quotes. I'm not going to go deep into the quotes because there's something that I forgot to do at the beginning of this that we're going to (laughs) do during this segment. (laughs) My bad. But, okay, if you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three ingredients to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in the Petri dish and douse it with empathy, it can't survive. And I don't really think that there needs to be any explanation for that. We talked about being empathetic and being kind to yourself. So if you have a lot of shame and you douse it with empathy and you douse it with love and self-compassion, it cannot live. It cannot thrive. So that's all that needs to be said about that. Now, that's attributed to Brim Brown. Guilt is just as powerful, but its influence is positive. While shame is destructive, shame erodes our courage and fuels disengagement. And that's also interpreted, I mean, attributed to Brim Brown. So I think those are two good quotes. We'll put those out as well um, Mm -hmm. to just help you navigate these feelings and the sea of emotions when it comes to guilt and shame. So the so your hood dolly Lama forgot something, and that was I posted to our social medias, a "Ask Us Anything" story, and we did get some questions, and I'm really excited about that because I ask questions and y'all negroes don't say nothing. <laughs> y'all just don't have any questions, and I know y'all do. So
0: appreciate y'all.
1: Appreciate y'all. So one of our first questions was from your silly husband. Yeah, and I told him I said, "Scram, get out of here," but. <laughs> I am going to put him on his question out there for the people, and he asks, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop? I don't know.
0: <laughs> At all.
1: I'll to three. the commercial three. Okay, three. One. Three. Two. Two. Three. <laughs> three. <laughs> okay, so three. Three. So there you go. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, yeah that's a funny one
1: another question came from phdiva uh zero six one eight i ain't putting people's real names out there because i don't i know y'all may not want people to try to find you on the internet but i mm-hmm. guess i put your handle out there so they may try <laughs> but that's okay um somebody asked can we have them on the show to talk about maternal health in a black woman absolutely we will.
0: absolutely we will yes, we and this person, that. person is a uh Expert in this arena.
1: Yes, so we're gonna have an expert now. Y'all can just be talking, listening to us. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> we have some experts. Yes. We got, you. We PhD got you diva.
1: We're reaching out to you soon. Yes. And the, and the last question is really good, and I'm saving it for last because it is gonna it requires us to have conversation around it. Mm-hmm. Your biggest regret. Mm. What is your biggest regret? Great. Personally, question. personally, I'm gonna say for me this. Can cover both professional and personal mm-hmm. is not knowing my worth sooner.
0: Ding ding ding.
1: That is that can, that covers both my personal and professional mm-hmm. um experience, and it's something that I'm teaching my daughter to really understand. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, and we talked about this earlier. There's a difference between constantly telling people you're special, you're great. Da 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 da. No, this is about understanding what your worth is, what you bring to the table and not having boundaries and having standards and not settling or moving the marker for somebody or for some job. You know what your boundaries are. Mm. I have a boundary. I'm done it. I start my work day at 630. I'm only required to give you eight and a half hours. At three mm. o'clock, I am done. You can put whatever meeting you want to put on my calendar after three o'clock. I will mm. not be there. Dang. Now, I'm
0: working on that.
1: if there's something that you need, you understand this, and you need to have a conversation with me before, can you make it to this meeting on this day at this time? Because we need to discuss this. But I'm only required to give you eight and a half hours. So <laughs> if that is something you require me to be somewhere after three, you need to have that conversation before you put that meeting on my calendar. Hello. I set boundaries for myself. And why? Because from three to five is the only time I get really to myself to mm. decompress and do any additional meditation, working on myself. Because when my daughter comes home, yeah. it's a wrap. It's got a wrap. Plans. It's a wrap. My husband is still working mm-hmm. for those two hours. So this is the time for me to take for myself. I refuse to bend that boundary, I know my worth, and I understand that if I consistently do that, you're not going to respect my boundaries going forward. Hmm. I need that time for myself because if you want me to be my best self for you, you got to give me that time to recharge so that I can be that best self for myself.
0: go, preach, Tabernacle. Period.
1: And in relationships, you have to do that. Mm-hmm. If you set boundaries, you know your worth, you know, the type of person you are. I don't care, man or woman, you know what you bring to the table. Do not move the marker just because you found somebody that you think mm. it's a good fit. Because if they're a good fit, they're not going to ask you to move any of your markers. That they're not going to cross any of your boundaries that part I tell you this is not something to do then don't do it if you do it then that's disrespecting me and we don't have anything left to talk about mm. now I'm not saying that it's an all or nothing right because there are cer- certain situations that you can work through what I'm saying is boundaries are important know your worth mm. a lot of us if, as young women and young don't. men if we knew our worth earlier a lot of the relationships we found ourselves in we would have not found ourselves
0: in. <laughs> our trajectories would have been very different
1: very different and i'm gonna tell you this new generation a generation i'm calling them generation apocalypse these people understand it and we need to let them do it i saw this girl on social media she's in one of my groups and sis is living her good life She's in her late 20s, early 30s. She gets flued out every... She's she getting flued out. She getting flued like, out. <laughs> 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 okay, Got her a, 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 a sugar daddy or whatever he is and she gets what she wants. She gets thrown out. She gets this, she gets that. And there were some older women like, oh, back in my day, that wasn't considered good behavior. You were looked at as, let her live her best life. She's enjoying she knows life. If she feels like I want you want to date me, you got to be able to. If I want to go shopping at Chanel, you got to be able to pull out their credit card and do it. If that is if that is what she Mm. wants, then you got to come to the table with that. And if you don't, then don't.
0: Keep your opinions to yourself. If that's not your lane, stay
1: out of it. I'm glad you said that. Exactly, stay out of it. (laughs) But that's 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 all I got to say. What about you? Your biggest. Oh, I would,
0: I, would, I would probably be the, along the lines of that, um, the worth. And that's for, for health, that's for relationships, mm. um, you know, doing what I need to do to make sure that I, s- certain things with my life, with my health challenges have happened to me, but there may have been some other things that I could have done to help facilitate me staying healthier, Mm -hmm. during or sustaining certain things, maybe. I don't know. Um, I would probably have to to say that. I think that maybe that traveling more. um, I mean, I traveled a lot when I was younger, Mm -hmm. um, for sure. But then I was also a workaholic. Y'all know that. I used to work like 90 hours a week. Yeah. So do I regret that working like that? Yes, because that wasn't a good use of time for my health. And my worth of where my health could be, because I know that stress level contributed a lot to the detriment of my health later in life. So probably that and save more money earlier, mm-hmm. i.e. learn how to invest. Yes, yes. When I was 20. Yes. Something and learn how to do all of that from then and not now. That would probably be one of my biggest regrets. Um, and that goes along with worth. That's financial worth. That's emotional worth. That's your health care, you know, your physical health worth. Yes. Um, so I think those those all come into play with that.
1: Well, thank you, MNJ063. You actually gave us something to add into our topic list because we, yes. when we read that, I was like, I, this is definitely something to get deeper into mm-hmm. so we'll probably one of the questions I'm probably going to post somewhere down the line is what is your biggest regret so mm-hmm. that we can get a compilation of things that people probably have had regrets about and we could talk about regret and how to deal with it and how to process it and how to move on because I think regret is another big thing that mm-hmm. people deal with and, and that sometimes goes with shame
0: yeah because and, some people regret nothing
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: and then it, it adds to their worth and yes. how they approach life mm-hmm. and people regret everything and then it contributes to their shame mm-hmm. and how they sustain that their entire life.
1: Woo. Yes. So, well, so, that's it. That's it. That's it. that's it. Right there. That's it. Mm. So, so that's it. well, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Woo. Thank y'all for joining us this week On Sippin' Tea with Nat and Z You can follow us on Instagram Sippin' Tea underscore Nat and Z underscore pod And on Facebook Sippin' Tea Nat and Z To get information on upcoming podcast topics Guests and news And again thanks for listening Catch us next episode where we talk about mm, Staying in your lane So many different in, uh, meanings right, right there Staying in your lane y'all Mm. Enjoy your week.